Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always, and today we are joined by Sonia Karras and Sasha Kaluri, two of Australia's most wanted motivational speakers. Speaking to more than 200 school groups, parents, corporate companies, government agencies, and not-for-profit orgs each year, they are the directors of the Australian Teenage Expo, Australia's largest youth educational event. These two are also co-creators and presenters across multiple media channels, including the Sonia and Sasha show on national TV and radio, their social comments and columns with the Herald Sun newspaper. Plus, for two years running, they are the official Australian ambassadors for the United Nations New York Women's Entrepreneurship Day. Finally, if that wasn't enough, they are releasing a new parenting book about young people people titled The Two Worlds of Your Teenager. And on top of all that, they've somehow figured out how to have a successful business partnership for going on 17 years now. Wow. So obviously, I've asked them here to join us today so we can learn more about building our own platforms as well as making long-lasting business partnerships work. So Tonya, Sasha, thank you two for joining me today. How are you ladies doing? Thanks, Daryl. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, fun to be here too. So for the listeners, why don't you just, so they know who's who, I know who's who, but just so they can identify with their voices, why don't you say, who's Sonia, who's Sasha? Okay, so I'm Sonia. I'm I'm Sonia over here with the red hair. You can't tell, but I have red hair, so it's me. <laughs> if you look at the picture on our website, I'm the redhead, yeah? There we go. And I'm Sasha. I'm not the beautiful one. Sonia's the beautiful one. I'm the oh, chubby one. Oh, stop. No, She's a gorgeous, gorgeous blonde. Very excited to talk to you, Daryl. This is good energy already. What's going on? So, well, I mean, that's kind of what I wanted to get into you two with. You've obviously, over 17 years, you guys, you guys, you girls, you ladies, you women have done a lot of things and accomplished a lot, even just to still be in the game this long. A lot of people they don't even have the mental fortitude to keep a hobby for two weeks <laughs> or two years, let alone keep their New Year's resolution for the first three days, let alone keep something going for 17 years. So how did you two get started? Like, what were you doing before you came into doing this? That was a long time ago. So uh, I started my own business when I was just 18 years old. By the time that Sonia and I met, I'd been doing it for such a long time and I'd had successes and failures and was a point in my career where I was looking for something different. And I began speaking in schools. And then within probably not less than a year, we one of our mutual friends actually introduced us to each other and said, well, you should speak to Sonia because she's actually speaking in schools as well. So we had completely different topics. And then instantly we began to start to market ourselves together. And it was kind of organic how we, I know that sounds a bit cliche, but it it really was because before we knew it, people started to know who we were. They knew that we were learning competition to each other. So it just kind of flowed for us to start a business together and be together. 
Got it, got it, got it, got it. And my background was in the hospitality industry, Daryl, so I worked in nightclubs for a long time. I was running them and I was on the door as one of those scary door chicks and um, and I got lots of experience in, in doing that and then that's how it led to my speaking business where I go um, into schools and universities and companies and organisations and, and talk about, you know, drugs and alcohol and celebrating safely. So um, very different backgrounds, very different topics, but the same style, I would say, of presentation, um, lots of energy, lots of humour, um, message across without being preachy and uh, it was a really lovely fit. When we first met, our, our mutual friend said, you do the same thing, this is really weird and your jobs are weird so you should definitely meet and I think we chatted. <laughs> your yeah. jobs are weird. <laughs> yeah, well it is. It's like it's it's kind of unusual to have a you know speaking you know job where you're in the school in the same sort of system in the same sector and um, I think that first telephone conversation lasted about four hours. It was kind of like a, it was almost like a first date kind of thing. It was really weird. We had all these synchronicities in our lives and it was just a, a strange and really cool thing which has seen us through for the last nearly two decades. Like we need to celebrate hardcore when we get to 20 years. Mm. <laughs> I was going to say, what was what was the unifying theme? Because it sounded like you each had something a little bit different going on and, you know, you guys were, you guys, I'm going to stop that. You ladies, you girls were, were speaking publicly together. So that was a match. But did you have the same mission? Did you have the same end goal? What was the big click? Or was it just that other people didn't understand you and you two were kind of entrepreneurial and you obviously really felt understood because you each understood what it was like to try and get speaking gigs and to be in like, you know, the trials and tribulations that maybe your even your partners and your other friends and family couldn't really understand. Yeah, it was all of that. It was all of that as well. It's so great even now, it's such a long time later to get on the phone with each other and say, I just had this amazing gig. You know, I just, this happened at this school or, you know, I just, um, you know, this experience happened to me or this person approached me after my seminar. And, and really, the only other person in my world who knows how that feels is Sasha mm. and so to have that is awesome and I think we probably just clicked on so many levels because we love working with young people we see their value we see how exciting and interesting and amazing they are and we've just got we say that we've got this magnet in us that just draws us to want to work with young people and I think we both found out that about each other really early on and sort of came together and, and bang it all happened mm. so what are some of the greatest challenges you two have faced in your career and how have you overcome Oh, well, that's a whole, that's an hour by itself right there. (laughs) (laughs) One of the first things that we decided to embark on was other than our speaking gigs was we had decided that we thought, how do we make this bigger? How do we get out to more people? And looking back on our lives now, we realised that we had much more in common than just the fact that we were wanting to speak to teenagers, like Mm -hmm. just had personality traits that were so much in common as well. And then by absolute coincidence, we both got pregnant at the same time. Different husbands, trust me on that one, but we both got pregnant at the same time completely. (laughs) We gave birth two months apart. What? Yeah, we gave birth. So then, believe it or not, we both got pregnant again at the same time where we both miscarried within two weeks of each other. Then to top this all off, we both get pregnant again together and we have our second children are two weeks exactly apart. Is that just not weird? That's sort of, yeah, that's a lot of synchronicity. Yeah. I mean, some of it makes sense because I know that women do get in sync when they spend a lot of time together, but I don't think you time your pregnancy <laughs> in labor days that way either. I know some other things get in sync, but that's, so it's a little it's weird. I mean, already as a man, there's some weird things going on when women get together, but <laughs> that's another level. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 
Yeah. Even we can't, like, I think the third pregnancy, Sonia said, oh, I'm pregnant. And then two weeks later, I just said, you're not going to believe it, but so am I. I was like, no way. No, you can't do this three times. It's like, you're like, yeah, soul sisters. You're like, oh, my God. <laughs> Our husbands are not calling each other at night going, what are you doing tonight? Are you doing it tonight? Because I'm doing it tonight. Are you doing it? Like, I promise that is not happening at all. <laughs> Right. That is so crazy. That's pretty wild. Yeah. So, so we worked out of this thing. Yeah. So what were you going to say about the, yeah. the pregnancy? Oh, yeah. Go for it. When we had our first children, we went along because we had no idea because we know teenagers, but we didn't know baby. And just after we had given birth was an event near us that was called the um, Pregnancy and Babies Expo. And it was an event that was all about giving every piece of information that you would ever need um, about having a baby, literally like you know where what books to read and what pram to get what nappy to, to use everything that you would need on having a baby and so we went along to this event with tiny tiny little children and came out with bags of information and it was so valuable for us because we had no idea and literally as we were walking out, we both kind of went amazing that, you know, you're able to access the, all of this information in one place. There's nothing like that for teenagers because the next time of parenting, the next stage of parenting is all of a sudden um, once a parent starts to get it on or that they've got this child all of a sudden they become a teenager and it's a whole nother ball game. So it's that another time in a parent's life or a teenager's life where they have to go back to the drawing board and then have to gather all of that information. So we with tiny little babies, we actually decided that we would create that event and it became the Australian Teenage Expo. And oh, I think it was like 55,000 young people so far have attended. That's amazing. 55,000 young people. That's a lot of lives to have an impact on. That's a lot of lives to have touched. Some people, you know, they'll come through and they'll go and, you know, it'll just be another day in their life and they won't think anything of it. But for some people, it'll be the most meaningful event of their year. And that's phenomenal. So that is something we're celebrating right then and there. And again, all the entrepreneurs that are listening, I think it's important that we do stop and take some, because that's impressive. Like, who can I say that? Yeah, who can say that they've touched 55,000? and kids lives that's pretty phenomenal well that's just in our event like we've probably spoken to more than a million like a million teenagers in our career like that's literally just for the australian teenage expo and we've been able to create so the point of the expo is to put everything that a young person educator or parent would need so anything from employment details or universities or alternative programs for education because normal school is not necessarily the right thing for mm -hmm. every young person right right so that was about putting that information in there then it was also putting any services that a young person would need from drug and alcohol uh, eating disorders, mental health, sexual health, all of that stuff in one place. And then finally, all the products that a young person needs, wants and has to have. And we knew that in order to be able to get a young person to want to come along and be a part of it, it needed to be fun and it needed to be interactive. It literally just could not be a person handing out brochures and saying, here, you know, here's some information on, um, you know, drug and alcohol issues. They're not going to go, oh, that's great. Yeah, I have a drug and alcohol issue problem. Like, please pass on that detail to us <laughs> we knew that it needed to be fun and catchy so that the young person would walk away and um, have that information and then on their own time be able to access it you know value um, and be able to even know that these services exist out there right now that all didn't come together at the beginning was it like the first time you popped off with this event did you have all that together all those pieces we used to say that there was no one working on the expo between the hours of 3 a.m and 5 a.m so we worked so many hours on putting this thing together you know 
know, and it was it was just this, we had to get it done because we'd committed ourselves to this huge venue and there were lots of different segments of it. We had to liaise with all the schools to get the young people to come along. We had to then liaise with all of the exhibitors and try and sell the space for them to come along and actually do something cool enough that young people would be you know, interested in interacting with them. We had to organise training. I mean, there's so many different elements. We could go on for ages about the tiny little intricate things that we all had to be all over. And of course, you know, as, as your listeners would know, entrepreneurs still have to have a life. I mean, we work the crazy hours. We all we all do because we're all passionate about what we do. But we also had life things happening. You know, we had tiny children. And, you know, throughout the course of the expo, you were asking before, what are the difficulties that we faced? You know, we've had real stuff like parent, losses of parents and, you know, and, and, you know, as Sasha said before, miscarriages and, you know, uh, working on our other businesses and other children came along. And it was, you know, we've got all of that stuff going on. But I think if you have this common thing that you would like to get done and you can see that it is going to be powerful and it will be beneficial and it will be fun as well, then, I mean, that's our, what's one of our mottos with our business, um, Daryl, was that everything we take on every project that we do must be fun, must be an element of fun, otherwise we're out. We can't do it. Mm. That's so important because if you've mentally checked out, it's just going to be an uphill battle. I think that's a good key for anyone listening to this. If you feel you've mentally checked out in any way, shape, or form in what you're currently doing or you've lost the love and passion for it, you need to get somebody in to either take over that role or you need to take a break so you can come back to it fresh or you just need to keep at it. And Because one of my favorite quotes about mastery is do it until it becomes dull and then keep doing it until it's beautiful. And that's how you master something is you just do it because you love it and it gets dull. And that's when you learn, right? There's another thing to be said about that too like nobody really learns when everything's easy because it's easy there's no friction mm-hmm. friction and ch- challenge and turmoil is where you learn where you grow where you have those experiences where you're pushed when you're uncomfortable those are things that really push you outside of your box yes so um i mean it sounds like you ladies were pushed and pulled outside of your own boxes a lot would you recommend anyone that's struggling if they have any sort of partnership or any sort of event-based business that they're in they're either butting heads or they're having frustrations or they're just struggling and they're just starting out well if you've got anybody who's struggling in a partnership, the number one thing that we always say is to completely take away the ego because it's actually the ego that destroys the partnership. So if you know that at some point, if there's any kind of ego that you're thinking, I'm not sharing this or, you know, you're in competition with that other person, if you strip away the ego and you actually go to them and are completely vulnerable and say, this is exactly how I'm feeling and almost ask them, please strip away your ego. Let's have this conversation because the ego will definitely make it fail. So just having a big ego by not can you expand on that by having a big ego? So, for example, if at any point, you know, like if at any point Sonia and I ever made a mistake, you know, like we have uh, lots of times, you know, we talk about lots of different things that Sonia and I, have, have, either of us have, have made a mistake. Now, one person could go away and say, oh, you know, that person's made a mistake. You know, I'm the one that's working really hard or this is what's going on and I can't believe this is all on my plate. And, you know, how could that person have made such a stupid mistake? It's actually costing us a lot of money. And then you get caught up in the blame game Mm. and none of that is actually healthy for the relationship so we actually always say first and foremost we are friends first so no amount of money could ever or no business venture could ever take that away so it's constantly about having understanding and empathy about what the other person is experiencing so for example at different times in our lives you know i may be working harder 
or Sonia may be mm-hmm. working harder. Mm-hmm. But to know for the good of the whole, we're always working as hard as possible. But right now my life is chaotic and I can't put in the same amount of hours as what she is or vice versa. So rather than actually saying, listen, Sonia, I just feel like um, I'm doing all the work, take away the ego and have some sort of understanding about what's going on and then having the conversation, always being open. Mm. I think that's really important. I'm really glad you brought that up. The sense of being able to step back and take a breather and try to see it from a bigger picture. I think sometimes we can get caught up in this tiny little details of things and we're tired because we've worked long, you know, long hours and we just get caught up in that sort of, you know, that, well, I am doing this and I am working harder and da-da-da. And it's just, you've got to really, like you said, Dale, step back, go back to why did we start this? Why were we doing this together? You know, let's have a look at the bigger picture here. Right now, we are tired because of this thing's going on. But like Sasha said, when she's working on something and I'm out and I can't do it at the time, then I will always pick it up on the other end, yeah? So she'll be working it on that day. I'll be working on it on that day. Mm-hmm. You know, she'll go off on, on, on holidays and I'll be, you know, in the office getting the tax stuff done, you know. But we will make sure that there's the share of the work mm-hmm. that is done. Not necessarily that we're both in the, in the office on the computer from eight until seven you know it's just we respect each other enough to know that there needs to be a balance of work done and action taken and we do it we do it but we don't give each other a hard time about well i'm here now and where are you and that kind of thing it's just we try and take away all of that silly ego stuff and just say you know i love you as a person i love you as a business partner as my partner you know i'm in this and this is what's going on in my life but i'm going to pick it up the next day or the following day mm-hmm. do you know what we do daryl that that I think is a really special thing. So there are things that uh, some of us have strengths in and, and some of us have weaknesses in. And one of my weaknesses is that I hate doing anything regarding tax. I hate it. <laughs> I actually remember one of the things that we do is we often do little surprises for each other. So I know that some people out there in the world would go out and buy each other gifts and, oh, look what I've organised for you. But I think probably the greatest gift that I ever received was I went on a holiday to America. I was in LA for two weeks and I came home and um, Sonia said I've got your present and I said what's that and she said I've done our tax <laughs> yeah and it was like oh my god I'm like doing Disneyland 14 hour days and she's doing 14 hour days doing our tax that's what you call wow so it's yeah. kind of like a it's a, kind of like any kind of relationship you need to keep it fresh you need to surprise each other you need to care about each other I mean it's just there's very there's lots of similarities between a relationship relationship and a business partnership right if you want to sustain it for such a long time you're in this together you keep it fresh you've got to work on it you've got to you know surprise each other have to respect each other give each other little things that you know will make them happy keep that good vibe going on as much as you can Mm, so well said i'd much rather our tax done than a gucci handbag trust me right (laughs) i would much rather that i would much rather that as a present saying here i've done the tax you know but the other thing daryl is that you always need to come back and say what is the intention behind everything like the intention is everything. So if we know that our intention is always to uh, do the right thing, make sure that we're striving really hard, come up with ideas, go to the next level, whatever it might be, if you know what the underlying intention is, it means that when there are any mistakes, they're just a mistake. So it doesn't mean that at any point someone might be snappy. Like, you know, both of us have worked crazy hours and um, all of a sudden, you know, there are times sometimes that we have, there's so much on our plate that when you're ringing each other up or you're having these conversations, it's very sharp and quick. Like, did you do this? Did you do this? Did you get this? You know, like, 
that to-do list of things that you need to get done. And then you might actually hang up thinking that I was probably a little bit sharp in how, you know, I was a little bit not so friendly, Uh like, could you please do this? I've just gone, well, have you done that? And then to check yourself in and say, look, you know, sorry, I didn't actually mean it to be so, so sharp the way I actually responded in that. But the intention is that we're here to do the right thing. We're here to get this job done. And, you know, I stuck up and I'm a human being and I made a mistake and I probably shouldn't have been so hard my response in that comment but you know that I my intention is never to hurt you and to never take mm, it granted mm, mm. it comes down to really good communication skills absolutely and the willingness to admit your faults and your mistakes you two make it sound a lot like a marriage yeah see that's the stupid way that ego part Joe. we look at a lot of businesses we often ask to speak to businesses and the partnerships are just they're surviving on sending short sharp emails to each other with no care and no you know human streak about it it's just well I felt like this when you didn't and it's actually quite it's really destructive for the partnership if you can't sit in front of each other and say hey what's going down what is happening now because there's a weird vibe going on something's happening we need to sort this out not sending off messages and emails to each other and trying to get it done that way it needs to come back to we're both human we're all human we have days where things are great days where things are not clearly something's going wrong now let's sit down and get it out work out what's going on here and come back to where we started no intention like in my, I know that under no circumstances would Sonia ever want to hurt me or make me feel what I was doing was less worthy than what she was trying to do or, you know, she was more important in the relationship or in the business partnership or in the speaking or whatever it was. She was never to make me feel like that. So if she, for example, at any time one of us did make each other feel like that, you would know that it was a mess. It was a stuff up. It wasn't an intentional thing because we're human and we're not perfect. So beyond the partnership between you two, do you feel that there's any habits that you've had business-wise that have, like, you mentioned doing your taxes? That's an important thing for a business. <laughs> Are there any habits that you feel have helped you in terms of making the business successful and making it last so long? We just go. We just never, ever give up. We just keep on going and going and going. The funding that we um, applied for to have this youth event that we run around Australia, we sought from the federal government of Australia. So we're like, okay, where do we start with this? We've never done presentations and ran proposals for government before we had no idea what we were doing so we went back to what we do know and we got a bit cheeky so we started calling the prime minister's office which is like you know mm-hmm. calling <laughs> the president right? yep. or you know prime minister the head of the country we have called that office right and we made friends with the receptionist you know hi elaine how are you going today what's going on how's it in canberra a bit cold today isn't it yeah hey how you going you wish you had a coffee today Elaine. and we would just chat and be cheeky and be funny and throw some humor in there which was how we roll that's our style in everything that we do we throw a bit of that stuff in and and it breaks down those kinds of you know conservative stiff barriers so Mm -hmm. we always try and and you know and and at the end of it we got our meeting with the prime minister in office and you know we got our funding from the federal government we had five years of funding from them and basically it was from a three-page proposal that we put together that we had no idea what we're doing but we were persistent we just we were not taking no for an answer 
through this thing. Mm. And cheeky and a bit humorous as well. We're constantly throwing out emails into the world that have just our style of humor in it. And we're constantly getting back these messages from people saying, oh, it's a very unique email. I don't think I've ever read something like that in my life. That makes me laugh. I'm so happy. And that cuts through because they're always getting the same stuff. You know, hi, how are you? How's your day? Hope you're well. You know, right. here I am, this thing. You know, if you, we've never been throwing jokes in. We've got McDonald's to work for us and become a sponsor because I told a stupid joke in my email. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you put your personality out there, which lets people connect with you. Yeah. A lot of times I think people put on like their professional lens and they get into corporate speak and they start writing like they're writing for their English teacher. And that's not how real people communicate. Yeah, mm. boring. Yeah. The one way that we survive this is that we have to find something to laugh at. And we always say that there is nothing off limits on what we can laugh at. Nothing. Like even <laughs> on the most dire straits of our lives, we will find something to laugh at all the time. That is our, I would say, wouldn't you say, Sonia, that's our number one thing on how we survive is laughing. Mm. Well, you know what? If people recorded our daily conversations and we usually call each other in the school drop off another 700 times after that, you know, if they, if they recorded our telephone conversation, <laughs> just the stuff that we talk about and the stuff that we laugh at, you know, probably they might admit us to as an inpatient to a mental hospital. But, <laughs> Other than that, they would say, you know, oh, yeah, that's a really funny, weird way of looking at it. Why? I'd never thought of it like that. So there's humor in everything, Daryl. We can't keep this so serious all the time, you know. I mean, this is a hustle. Your entrepreneurial listeners will be saying, this is hard work. I'm busting my butt. Yeah, it is hard work. So let's have a laugh along the way, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because we're working like 10, 15-hour days every day, all the time. Like we're putting it, you know, we're taking our kids to school, picking them up, you know, on the phone, the minute where they're asleep you know I'm putting my kids to sleep and I'm trying to contact somebody through social media to get a new something new or try something so like it's a crazy thing and we both understand that the number one thing our kids come first all the time all the time you know I know that on the social media platform it must look like we we do work 24 hours a day and sometimes we actually do but um, our kids always come first. Mm. So we make sure that our life runs around our children. And so that sometimes means that you do need to put in those extra hours of work once they go to sleep. Right. Right. Well, we've also been able to make that. We ran, we ran an event um, which had 10,000 kids come through the door and I literally had a two-week-old baby and Sasha had a four-week-old baby. So we built right. a breastfeeding room into the event. Right. You know, when the builders came in to build the stands and the booths, we had a breastfeeding room in the actual event, yeah? Right, which is so cool. <laughs> right? Like so nobody people had to, Yeah, and people had to kind of put their hand over their eyes as they walked in and asked us questions because we were like, yeah, it was, it was like a freak show in there, baby freak show milk stuff going everywhere. <laughs> That's my personal opinion. I don't really get that. I've traveled a lot and there's a lot of countries where, you know, they just carry a little blanket and wherever they are, that's where the baby feeds. I don't get what the big deal is. That's a whole separate topic. Not a big deal, but we had a little room. But there's some people that are like, get some privacy. Like, what do you mean? Grow up. Yeah, exactly. True. And then there's other times where we've been at play centers, kids' play centers, and the kids are playing on the equipment inside and we're plugged in our laptops and we're working and we're coming up with, mm-hmm. you know, ideas and we're doing proposals and that kind of thing. You, you make it work. It's, I, I always say it's balls in the air. You just juggle. You just juggle it and you work it. So what are a lot of the mistakes that you see other people making, other either entrepreneurs or even the kids when they're trying to get up and running? And take charge of their lives. I think the mistakes that people are making is that they're not understanding how much hard work it's going to be when you go into this and how um, how much you need to hustle, how much you need to think about uh, on the scope 
for example, when we've got an idea and we say we're going to contact a few people to get their ideas on or, or, or see if anyone's going to pick up this idea, you know, some people go, oh, I'll contact maybe three or four people and see how we go. Well, we know that we need to contact about a thousand. Mm-hmm. Right. A thousand, and then you'll maybe get like one or two percent back that'll come back and say, Yeah, that's really cool. Like, there's no possible way that you go one or two. And when I hear people say, You know, oh, look, I'll give five or six people a call, I, I just want to laugh and go, Are you serious? Like, five or six people, they're not even going to, like, <laughs> if it does, you are the luckiest person on earth, right? But let me tell you, that has never happened for us. You know, we've been doing this 17 years, and still, we're still hustling people, we're still calling people, we're still coming up with new ideas mm-hmm. on social media it looks like oh life is grand and you know the we must be getting calls from people every day i'll come and do this with the, yeah they're calling us because we've called them a thousand times before yeah i can actually attest to that for all the listeners here Nora, my podcast girl that helps set up these interviews that had an accident where she fell hit her head was in a coma for three days and then in the hospital for a week week and a half oh and during that time sasha was trying to connect with me to get the, something set up and i think you had one or two times that you set in a calendar that i didn't show up for and already like even now we're doing the interview early my morning late at night for you because we're on upsides of the planet like on i can definitely attest to that i've even today to be honest for this interview we started recording at 8 a.m today i get up at my usual like 5 36 a.m and i check my calendar and no one had reminded me yesterday that the interview was today and i was a little upset with my team about that <laughs> i'm like i can't set a reminder for myself if i don't set the date of the interview you know because usually we don't even start work till nine but i you know i was fine I'm, I'm on top of it i have a couple hours if i need to do any prep but i can attest to that that you definitely 17 years down the road you're still on your hustle i think that that's a really important thing to point out because it's not even just about the goal like a lot of people start a business with a goal like i want to make a million dollars or i want to have this sort of like lifestyle and freedom and stuff and a lot of it is about the process it's not even about the end result i mean jim Rohn, one of my favorite i've never met him but i call him a mentor mentor he says you know the valuable thing about setting goals is not just achieving the goal but it's who you have to become on the way to accomplishing it Mm. and so i think that that's really valuable you know, I think that's a really valuable thing. Like for you, like if we took away everything you two had built already so far, you'd be back up and running in no time because you've got the habits, the routines, you know, like you've done it. You've got the drives. Like you said, they got the hustle. You'll be on the phone like, hey, yo, I want, hey, hey, it's me again. Hey, it's me again. Hey, what's that? And not in a bad way either at all, because I think it's done very tactfully. So well, we've got, we've got this thing that happened to us when we were in Hong Kong together. We went on a trip together for Sasha's mom's 60th birthday and we were wanting to go to this place and we got into this taxi and we said to the driver could you please take us over there and he said no (laughs) just a straight no and we were like are you sure about no okay right so definitely no so we call that the hong kong taxi driver no and we've had lots and lots of hong kong taxi driver no's in our time of trying to put proposals out there and ideas and that sort of thing but often those hong kong taxi driver no's will actually mean not yet and you keep going and they will become a client Mm. and so you keep being your funny you know cruisy cool self and eventually they will wake up to the fact that they need you in your in their lives and so they will come back and say you know on the 15th phone call actually hmm, yes Uh i might need that now Uh 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 you know we've had some hong kong nose we've had some nasty nose we've had some sweet nose and we just treat them all the same okay cool that's no worries we'll get back to you we'll we'll chat again soon and those clients have you know those people have turned into clients later on yeah i think that's the being connected part is important because people they take action when they're ready not when you are yeah so if you're afraid of them not being 
getting ready. I mean, you have to hide in your closet all day. But if you're okay to put yourself out there and have them not be ready and come back to you. Again, it's just it, the tact part is really important. I'm not concerned at all about you two. But just for some of the listeners and especially someone that's new and starting out, some of those no's might be because you're not coming from their point of view or their perspective. Mm. You're not showing empathy and understanding for their situation or their position or what their goal is yep. in terms of the person you're trying to get a yes from. So just to anyone listening, just keep that in mind. We're not telling you to, you know, we are saying be like green eggs and ham, you know, Dr. Seuss's green eggs and ham, but make sure that it's in line and that you're a stern but loving parent. You're coming across in that sense. Again, if there's somebody in your in your family that you love and they, they're sick and they just won't take the medicine and you know the medicine works, you're going to treat a lot differently, right? You're not going to just be afraid of them complaining. You'll be like, look, just take it. And then they won't take it. All right, fine. But then when they start complaining, be like, look, don't complain to me. Cause you're not taking the medicine, yeah. right? So that's, <laughs> yes. it's that, it's that candor. It's that, um, I don't know, just people like so much of communication and language is not verbal. So even just that confidence, you know, like that just speaks such volumes and just the persistence and just commit that this is who you are and this is what you do and this is what you're going to be doing. And that it's, it's a musical thing. You're supposed to sing and dance when the music is playing. Mm. It's not a rush to get to the last note. Yeah. And I think that that is a great way to think about it. And that comes from what you just said about that, how 17 years later, you're still hustling, you're still in your grind. Mm entrepreneurs are doers we feel really motivated when we feel like we've got progress and momentum in a direction that's why we work so hard is to get that going and so it's very fulfilling for you in some respects and and you know what it's also about just having a go daryl it's just about you know just throwing it out there and seeing what happens mm-hmm. there's so many people that say oh i think maybe i'll do this and then they just do a little tiny bit of it and then that didn't work ah oh, okay well i'm giving up we've had these opportunities to do the radio show to do the tv show to you know to write this book because we had a go we put some stuff together and we threw it out there and saw what happened and then if it didn't work then we changed it and recrafted it and threw it back out there and, and saw what happened after that and that's the reason why these things that we've done have come about i mean you know we put the book was something that we did our, our book the two worlds of your teenager we picked that up and put it down for about eight years mm. you know we wrote and then we put it down and then we wrote and then we put it down and then it was like all right you know what i think now is the time for some reason we just went let's do this mm-hmm got it done we threw it out to 10 publishers and we forgot about it let it go you know elsa frozen let it go we had to let it go (laughs) which we're both not very good at but we did that we let it go you know we let that go and and all of a sudden the prime publisher of this kind of genre of books came back to us and said yes we're going to do this with you and so you know it's something that we picked up put down put out there brought back in you know for a long time and now it must just be the right timing for when the world needs this book and and it's coming out so can you tell me a bit about your book so it's the two worlds of your teenager or wait i didn't get the title right yeah that's it yeah no two worlds of your teenager okay so it's two worlds of your teenager and what's the goal of the book what's the premise and can you talk about your book and the experience in producing it and writing it and yeah what it's for what it's to be used for so it's both on the areas that we are experts on when we speak to teenagers so the concept of the book is that all of a sudden a teenager will, will come into a world where in one part they'll start to make choices about their careers and subjects that they may choose or direction that they may go or options and look at different ideas about their career but then also they will start to go out and party and come home late at night and drink alcohol or be around a whole nother world that you as a parent have no idea how to be able to answer these questions because you know you partied a whole long time ago and your career options were so much different to what a young person would have 
have now. So we just went, okay, these are the areas that we're experts in. Let's put this book together so that parents can actually um, walk away with some great strategies on how they can, you know, give advice to their young people. Got it, got it, got it. Because that's a stressful thing, wondering if you're parenting well or right. And oftentimes it might just be because you don't understand what your child is going through from a developmental stage, right? From there, we all forget it. I remember that in my martial arts school, we call that black belt eyes. We forget what it's like to walk into a gym your very first time because you've been doing it for five, six, seven, eight years, right? You forget what it's like to come and look mm-hmm. at that situation with fresh eyes mm-hmm. and to have that feeling of, oh, I'm going to train with these guys. I hope they don't hurt me or, you know, all that sort of stuff. I mean, remember how bewildered I would be sometimes I would have students that would call me the day after their first class and be like, hey, I'm really sore. Should I go to the hospital? <laughs> Like, no, like that's just muscle ache. You're fine. You're fine. You'll be okay. And like, we're laughing about it, but it's a legitimate thing And for them. Like, you know, if anybody that was a student of mine heard heard that they might feel bad, but the reality is we all thought that the very first time it happened, Mm. right? Unless somebody told us different. That's that whole black belt eyes thing. So I think a book like this is really powerful because we can forget what it's like to be a teenager. We can forget what it's like to be caught between the kid and the adult world, you know, and in between. Well, it's different now. You know, our teenagers are all over social media. The pressures that they're, uh, you know, under now didn't exist for us. Mm. You know, we didn't grow up with this stuff. And so, and they are, and that's a part of their world and that's how they communicate. And their career options are so different. You know, a lot of parents have teenagers at the moment would have been um, exposed to, right, I need to I need to get a job and that's where I will finish my career at that same company. Mm-hmm. It was very common to sort of show that lifetime loyalty to an employer and work there forever. Just not what's happening with teenagers now. You know, they'll, they'll have, I don't think Sasha's got the stats, but they'll have, yeah. you know, seven, like different seven different careers. Yeah, mm. seven, they'll work in seven different industries in 29 different jobs. I mean, that's just what the statistics are now. And how do you, how are you supposed to generate any traction to start gaining like a decent income in that unless they're all transferable like do you know what i mean like how do you get that progression to earn a bigger income when you have so many i mean first of all i don't know if that's a bad thing i in fact teenagers that i'm i have living with me right now not my own but family that i have living with me i've told them all that they all need to do more in terms of work more volunteer more because they don't know what they do or don't like mm. and the only way they're going to figure that out is getting out there and doing it. That's it like those 29 jobs i think that's an important part of it i hope that that stat just represents people trying to figure out what their passion is something that they can do for 30, 40 years, not the fact that they'll constantly have to be starting over from scratch. Because that's almost a scary thought if you think about it, right? I think there's a lot of people, even myself, if I had to pick a whole new field or an interest to go into, like, Daryl, you're going to be in ballet from now on. Like, uh, that's kind of intimidating. I'm like, really? Like, I'm going to be so awkward. And no, like, not like it's not something a guy can do, but just like, I'm just, I'm really at the starting line for that, you know, and to be at this age and have to build a career in that, that's kind of scary really actually just shows that in some way a lot of young people are actually starting out and they're all almost starting out as entrepreneurs themselves because it's an really important thing for them to be able to look at themselves and their name and their image and their brand is really a brand. So just like Sonia and I that we're out there and um, we're hustling the grind to be able to expose ourselves even more, they're almost doing the same thing even if it's just getting a job or 
or however they want because, you know, the way that they're acting, whether it's at university or school and, you know, people talk and what is their brand already? What are they doing? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because that's what a brand – a brand to me and in my experience, a brand is just a reputation. That's all it is. If you're doing brand marketing, that can be a a hard road in the marketing world in terms of generating leads and sales. You really would prefer to think of it as coupon marketing. It might be a better way to think of advertising. But the brand is what you build over time and that's a relationship. We've got a brand with each other. We've got a relationship over time. Do business with a company over enough people, they get a reputation and that's what the brand is. So you're right. I think you're really right that for them, it is almost like they're brand new entrepreneurs and they're just figuring things out and they don't know their market. They don't even know their product really well and they're not sure how they're being perceived. And it's just, it's, you know, and they'll learn, but it's all about feedback. It's all about moving forward and getting feedback. And yeah, I think that's a big, big part of it for kids. And that's, I think the other thing is having them be exposed to a lot of different things because then they'll meet you two and one of you two might, they might really resonate with your message, you know, and they use you as a role model where their parents could have been telling them the same thing for 10 years, but it's just, you know, it's in one ear out the other because of who it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the delivery. Right, 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 right. All at the same time, Daryl, they're going out and starting to party. Mm-hmm. Right. They're making crazy decisions and putting weird things on social media that can affect their brand and yep. they're taking big risks. Yep. That's why both of those areas are in our book because one actually affects the other. Yeah, because that's how for kids, they don't have a lot of avenues, especially in terms of economically being economically restrained. How do you go out and meet people and expand your network? It's just, it's a common, it's a natural desire, natural human desires to connect with others. So how do you go out and do that if you don't have money? Well, let's go to a party. That's an easy way to meet some new people, mm-hmm. especially if you're biologically programmed to be looking for a mate. <laughs> that's, uh, you know, that's an easy way to get past those inhib- inhibitions and meet new people. And so it, it serves a lot of purposes. But like you said, it does have the downside. Teaching kids that that's the only way to have fun. You can only have fun if there's booze involved or drugs or whatever. Uh, and then again, like you said, the kind of the types of people and situations they can be involved in. I think it can, the same thing, honestly, to draw a correlation for our business listeners happens in success. Uh, I've personally gone through it, not to say that I, I think you have to wake up and prove yourself every day. So I want to preface anything I say with that. You have to wake up and prove yourself every day. But from my own personal experience and even people that I know and I've seen, when they finally achieve any sort of, I'm making air quotes here, like success, at least financially and in business, terms it can be like those kids when they're first exposed to being able to go party and having no restraint <laughs> and no supervision you know and them just being like we and going crazy i know a lot of guys and even myself that have struggled with that with too much almost too much freedom and too much ability and how do you keep that in control and it's funny because i know i've met people where i'm like you've done so well isn't it enough like why don't you just relax and whatever <laughs> but i kind of appreciate that they're able to keep the drive that it doesn't matter if they've got ten dollars a thousand ten thousand a million you know ten million in the bank that's again they're still waking up every day on that hustle there's a guy called um gary vaynerchuk have you heard of him mm-hmm. Daryl? yeah and i listen to him all the time and his ultimate goal is to buy the new york jets and he said um i was listening to one of his podcasts the other day and he said that i think will be the saddest day of my life because once i've achieved that he said it's the hustle i love it's the game it's the game yeah yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You're in it for the game. It's not if if someone just ordained you with some accolades, you boom, you got a Nobel Peace Prize. Boom, you have a bank account full of cash. Mm. In some ways, you'd feel like an imposter, mm-hmm. and so you might enjoy it to a certain extent. But it would really like if people like praised you and and were giving you all sorts of recognition for things, and you didn't feel that you worked for it or earned it. You know, you wouldn't be so proud to show it off. Probably wouldn't give the money back. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's no. boring too. I mean, you know, all of your all 
all the people that would be listening to, to your podcast are business people, entrepreneurs, and we love it. It's in us. Mm-hmm. We have to do this. You know, there's, there's no other way. We can't be a person who sits in the corner office and, you know, nobody puts baby in the corner. You've got to get us out of there. We have to go and we have to, we have to mm-hmm. find and discover and fail and win and all of those things all the time. And that's what makes us excited about life. Mm. Mm, it's a big adventure. It's a great adventure as well. One of those things when you're talking about uh, Gary, uh, Gary B, we both listen to podcasts, uh, YouTube clips. We just can't get enough of all of this stuff mm. every day. And this is not something that we've just been doing for about a year. Like I, I think I went to my first um, motivational presentation and I was 18. I just turned 18 years old and I was listening to tapes and of Tony Robbins and listening to all of these things. You know, if we're not reading a book, we're watching a movie, we're listening to something, it's just constantly feeding that that hunger that we've got. Yep. What can we get more? And uh, there's not a day goes by that we don't love going, oh, my God, I listen to this. You need to listen to that. Do you know what he said? Like, mm-hmm. this, like you should do that. And, you know, you should think, like, when you were talking about Jim Rome, I love him, and I was literally just talking to Sonia about him today and said he did an interview with Gary Vee and it was great. And so we're constantly kind of feeding each other and say, you need to listen to this one. He gave a really good point about that. So we're, even though we've been doing it for such a long time, we're always learning and thinking up new ways that you can, you know, how you can contact somebody or how you can work with someone or partner with someone and, you know, and never be scared. Never, ever be scared of that Hong Kong no, you know, never. Mm. Just to know, mm. you know, and at yeah. the end of the day, the taxi driver said no to us and we had to walk a couple of blocks and we're still alive and we're okay. We're going to get more of those no's, those no's of just flat out no's and there's going to be times where we're heartbroken and let's not try and sugarcoat it. There have literally been times where we are devastated by the no's, Mm. devastated. You know, like we've got some no's on things that we've wanted so badly, Uh so badly. (laughs) Knock us around and, and one of us will say, I can't do this. I just can't, like, you know, can't cope with this. Like, why are they saying no? And, you know, we've done this too much. And how can they say no? And it gets you down. But you don't live in that space. Like, it might be that, you know, you get knocked down on a Friday and a Monday, we're back with a new idea. And I might have spent two days on the couch wallowing away that, you know, they said no and how could they because I'd put my whole life into that yes, but you don't live there. Mm. And it's soon forgotten, believe it or not. It's soon forgotten because you just go on that new idea. Yeah, that's right. The, the trail never stops, and it's but the next thing and the next thing and the next, and it's moving forward. Alan Watts is a great philosopher. I mention him a lot just because I did a ton of studying when I was young into different philosophies and religions, and Alan's dedicated his life to it. He's passed on now. But he has this great talk called The Dream of Life, and he says, imagine if you could dream. It's just something to think about, right, just as a, a thought experiment. But imagine every night when you went to sleep, you had the power to dream 75 years of life or 100 years or however many years of life you wanted. So every time you go to bed, you're dreaming a hundred years of life. And when you first discover this power, the first thing you would do is you would uh, dream every pleasure imaginable. You'd enjoy all the great riches, all the wonderful pleasures. You do all the things that, you know, you could do, you know, the most wonderful life ever. After a couple of months of having this most amazing and, and exciting life for a hundred years, every night when you went to bed, you'd want something different. And so suddenly you'd want to start knowing like some uncertainty, some unpredictability. You'd want some ups and downs in your story to appear. And over time, gradually, 
gradually you get riskier and riskier. You'd start pushing the limits and the boundaries, right? You'd want more, like you'd want that growth, that stimulation until eventually you decided that when I go to sleep tonight and I dream these hundred years, I don't want to know that I'm dreaming. Mm. And the reality is, is that in the infinite possibility of the world, it's possible that in a lifetime of dreaming a hundred years every night that you could dream the life that you're living today. And it is an adventure. He's got another talk called the Chinese story, the Chinese farmer. And that's where one day this Chinese farmer, what is it? And his horse runs away and all the neighbors go, oh, isn't that too bad? And he goes, maybe. Mm. And the next day the horse comes back with four wild horses. And they're like, wow, isn't that? His neighbors go, wow, isn't that amazing? And he goes, maybe. And the day after that, his son is trying to tame one of the wild horses, gets thrown off and breaks his leg. And the neighbors go, man, isn't that a shame? And he goes, maybe. And the day after that, all the military soldiers come through their town conscripting all the young men into the army. And they don't take his son because of the broken leg. And all the neighbors go, wow, isn't that great? And the farmer goes, maybe. So reality is, is you don't know if something happens, whether it's going to be good or bad. Like the nature is so intricate. It's so complex. There's no way to know for sure that this positive or negative thing, and you feel like you feel positive or negative about whether it was really good for you or bad for you in the long term. There's no way to know that. And so you just kind of got to keep living that life and moving forward and trying to do the best. And it sounds like Foster are really healthy and probably not perfect, but man, very enriching and fulfilling and satisfying business partnership and relationship in your life. Mm. Like you two, Jared, and just have a goal that you can be passionate about. And I think if you have a goal that you can be passionate about and you've got your expenses covered and you're seeing progress and growth and you're surrounded with people that you like, love and respect, and you're working together towards a common goal, I think that only wonderful things can happen from that. Mm. And yeah. absolutely, like looking at the bigger picture for things all the time is so important for us because mm. we still have small children. So we both still have three-year-olds at home. Mm-hmm. And every now and then, you know, we'll put something in to do a big project and you get rejected. And, you know, it's interesting because Sonia and I have recently been rejected from something and um, we both literally just went, maybe if we got that, it would mean that we would not be at home as much as we we really needed. Mm -hmm. So maybe the fact that we've got three-year-olds, you know, the universe is saying you need to be at home with them way more than you need to be go out there and doing that particular thing. Mm -hmm. Give it a couple more years and and then you're able to fly once they're at school and all of that stuff. And so we kind of try and get that. We're always looking at the bigger picture of things. At the time, it kills you because you get the no, but you sometimes think, well, maybe it's actually for the best thing. Yeah. Just like that story. I love that story. Yeah. No, you're right. You know, you don't really know. So as long as you're okay. Really, it's a big thing. And I think people build up in their head. They get really like the fear that your imagination is worse than the reality of it, unless it's like a bus, mm-hmm. you know, and <laughs> like there are hard lines in life, but for the most part, we get really bent out of shape for things that, you know, aren't so big of a deal. Mm. So, but you two have been so open and honest and candid and forthcoming and given such great information in this call. I think some listeners may want to listen to this again, just to pick up some of the tidbits that you two share just through your stories. It wasn't necessarily like you should do this, but just through your example and talking about your own life experiences. I think there's a lot to be learned here. I know that I learned a lot and I'm probably going to listen to this interview again just in helping develop and foster those good relationships because whether it's a business partner or a spouse or a family member or even staff, you know, we live in a world of people and so some of the things that you two shared with us, not even just about teenagers and understanding their perspective and the struggles that they're going through, but again, like in all capacities, persisting and following up with someone, but, you know, and not being afraid of the no, but also dealing with them with empathy and understanding. There's just a lot of real 
still great gems in this call. So I encourage anyone that's listening to it, if you found value or if you didn't find value, you may want to listen to it again because I think you missed it. Thank you. For those that were listening and really resonated with your message or want to get involved and help you with your mission, where should they reach out? Where can they find you? How can they get involved? Okay, well, so they can get onto the website, which is sonyaandsasha.com.au. So we're in Australia, so you've got to put that A on the end. And uh, we are Sonia and Sasha across all of the social media platforms. So if you search us up, it's S-O-N-Y-A and S-A-C-H-A. And you can find us uh, even on YouTube as well. There's lots of clips for parents and tips and tricks that we've come across over the years for businesses and for, and for, te- for parents and for tenants as well. Perfect. And as well, there's your book. They can go get your book, yeah. The Two Worlds of Your Teenager. And that'll be, is that going to be kind of everywhere? Everywhere. Yeah. You'll be able to um, download the e-book version. Is that what they call them? E-book? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when, once it's released on the 24th of July, you will be able to buy it in uh, bookstores in Australia, but then online internationally. That's awesome. Two, is, if anyone's listening, it's 2017. So if somebody listens to this from a year down the track, it's available <laughs> pretty much like but it's out there in the world. <laughs> yeah. The book's out there. Go check it out. And I honestly think that there'll probably be some correlations you can draw because honestly, even adults, we're all just big kids. So there's a lot of people that don't grow up. There's a lot of people that they just can't wait to get to the weekend to have that drink or go to that barbecue. <laughs> so we talk about the two worlds of your teenager. I think that there might even be that, like, you know, some of us might know bosses or clients or employees or even parts of ourselves that haven't maybe fully grown up. <laughs> <laughs> and there could be benefit in understanding the inner teenager in, in all of us. So she got the book. We're also available to speak, so we will absolutely travel anywhere to speak. And we do speak, obviously, we speak to teenagers and to parents, but we will speak, you know, to any corporation um, at conferences and we can we can actually talk about these topics around having successful business partnerships and understanding the grind and understanding how much you need to hustle and, you know, how much work you really need to do. And we give some really great strategies. Mm, it's awesome. And we'll make it fun and entertaining too. Perfect. So get in touch with them. You can look up Sonia and Sasha, S-O-N-Y-A and S-A-S-H-A on all social media. S-A-C-H-A. Oh, you're right. I'm so sorry. That was S-A-C-H-A. I was reading because at the beginning I was calling you Satcha, so I <laughs> forgive me. <laughs> S-A-C-H-A, Sonia and Sasha, but it's spelled S-A-C-H-A. And then, of course, you find them on all social media. And then what was the web URL again? Soniaandsasha.com.au. .au, perfect. Thank you, ladies, so much. Was there anything I didn't ask you that I should have asked you? No, I think that's good. That's a good little chat. Good. I think we covered a lot of bases, and I think there'll be a lot of value for the listeners. And I know I found it insightful for myself, for the teenagers that I live with, and I'm helping out. And as well, like I mentioned, I even just in the conversation, it made me think of some older teenagers. (laughs) (laughs) And they should always stay that way. It's always good to have that, that young outlook on life. So thank you, too, for joining us today and sharing with our listeners. I really appreciate your time. I appreciate the hustle, Sasha. Appreciate your hustle and getting this connected and helping get it set up. And I appreciate you two reaching out and I appreciate you coming and help help my listeners. So thank you both. Whatever oh, we you, can do for you, Daryl, along the way, please uh, stay in contact with us. We would love to help you and get back on. And if there's other things that you would like to discuss, we would be more than happy to do this a million times more with you. You've reached the end of our interview. Now, first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? 
Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give to them to just do it for you? Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.